Pour yourself a sweet tea, pull up a lawn chair, and turn the page with us. You're listening to Right on Mississippi, a podcast taking you inside the minds of America's most treasured wordsmiths. I'm Ebony Lamumba, and Right on Mississippi is produced in partnership with Mississippi Public Broadcasting for the Mississippi Book Festival, the South's Literary Lawn Party. I am Jared P. Woods. I also go by Achille in Missouri. Uh, and I'm a, a black man reading this bookstagram account and website where I just kind of chronicle my experience reading and attempting to write every now and then. And we have an amazing Kia Say Layman here, uh, author of what we got. We got uh, How to Slowly Kill Yourself and Others in America, Heavy in American Memoir, and Long Division as well. And we are going to talk about the art of revision in um, hopefully some new ways that you probably hadn't seen. I have this thing I do called reconnaissance. So I'm trying mm. to do a little extra recon to kind of give you all something that we hadn't seen before. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we were just talking about optics of uh, of bookstagram, right? I think when we get into some of this, we'll be able to kind of talk about like where people put their microscope sometimes, right? Right, right. right. So the first thing, how you doing? You all right? I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, you know, I, I like to be transparent. You know, you hit me <laughs> with the Zoom. I thought it was tomorrow and it was definitely today. Uh, so um, I have unexpected joy being able to talk to you, bro. So I'm good. I mean, the world oh. is world is burning, but and flooding yeah. and rotting and all that. But I'm happy right now. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here, too. I, I did. I did know it was today in a way um, <laughs> uh, that's because my wife let me know uh this morning uh-huh. and she had just sent a text uh so the wifeager put me on to where i was ready and prepared to be able to bribe my students properly for silence for 12 minutes <laughs> yeah we need to let people know fam you are at you are you are first of all you're the teacher we all wish we had but you are you are <laughs> teaching right now you are at work yeah man i'm in the i'm in the trenches like in like my trenches. kids would say I'm in the trenches. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So the first thing I guess we could we could get into, right, is revision as one of the primary instruments of of the art of writing. What is revision to you and what space does it hold for you and your work? Um, revision is just, you know, it's why it's why I'm talking to you. It's it's uh it literally is everything artfully for me, you know, and I think it's everything to me as a human being. I, I'm like one of those writers who I talk about this often where I have to like write messy, messy drafts. And that's just me like getting it all out and it'll and they're terrible, but I have to see it on the page before I can rearrange the page. And yeah. I feel like the same thing. I mean, I, and I kind of carry that into my life too. You know I mean? You know, in life you don't get, if you go outside, the margins you can hurt yourself or hurt people so I try not to do that but when I or if and when I do um you know I I rely on revision the thing about revision is sometimes you don't know you don't know when you've hurt yourself or hurt other people or hurt the art form unless you go back and actually think about the artful ingredients so it's literally everything to me you know I'm I always say this people think I'm lying like I know I'm not a good writer with what people call writers but I'm I'm a decent reviser you know, like if we all had to have a contest to see who could write the dopest shit by tomorrow, I'm not even going to enter. But you, know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you give me a week, you give me a week, I, I might, I might be able to do something because I just need to, I need to see it, and I can't see it unless I revisit it. That's the truth. 
Yeah. What do you think this this leads into? You know, I got a smorgasbord of questions over here. But... <laughs> <Not a> smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think readers don't understand about the distance between who you are when you start a work and who you are once it's finished and in circulation? That's a great I think, question. Yeah, I think folk. Uh, you know, now that I, like I said, I'm, I'm really attempting to write. I don't think people understand the type of work when you're talking about craft when you're talking about technicality and then when you're talking about like spiritually yes right you are two different people yep. uh, at the beginning end of something and at the and at the other half of it yeah and so what is what are some of the things you don't think readers understand about the distance between those two well views? i mean that's just beautiful what you just said I, I don't think most of us understand or accept what mm-hmm. you just said but we are different people i mean we're different people when you walk you know, if you're able to walk from one end of a driveway to another, like something happens. And so, I mean, the act of creating art, bro, especially like book link art, you better be different. I mean, that's what's interesting is people who who refuse to be different. Yeah. You know, in that process or refuse to accept that, you know, going through like if it's fiction, these fictional worlds, um, you know, the world building that entails, if it's essay, I think there's still essay, world building essay, you know, you're going to experience a lot of different things. And the question is like, I mean, a real hard question for me is sometimes I think book writing and like, I think you can come out worse. And that's the part we don't talk about enough because I think we, we you know, especially like us, we love to read and write and we valorize the shit if it's done. But I do think sometimes you can come out, come out, come out the other end, not so good. Um Yeah depending on the project. And, and I think sometimes the project wants that. Like the project sometimes wants your whole heart. You know what I'm saying? The project yeah. wants everything. And then it's like, you sometimes I realize I have to pull myself back sometimes from this work. Like this new thing I'm writing, which is really based like deeply in my grandmama. I just have to pull back sometimes for him. Cause I get, I'm getting, I get in it and, and I can't see my way out of it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? So I just think <laughs> we have to take care of ourselves in that space between beginning and end, but I don't really know how. So it's just all trial and error. Yeah, that's that's tough, and and yeah. that's something I, uh, you know, I guess being in the classroom makes me think about. But that's something I always tell my students when they come to me with like some type of a obstacle. You know, as a version of you on the other side, yes. right? That's already remembering uh, us having this conversation where you believe that something was so bad and terrible. And now you're looking back and you're like, it was okay. I made it, you know, Uh, or at least I was able to withstand, you know? And so how, how do we get you to that other, to that other version? Let me ask you this question too, Jerry. Like when Mm -hmm. you think, when you think of, or when you think back about the teacher, you imagine yourself being before you were a teacher, like how different are you from that imagination? You know what I mean? Like how different are you as the teacher or, or, and, or have you actually like, stepped into fully that that imaginative teacher you wanted to be so at first man i thought uh because i of course i wanted to teach you know black kids so at first i thought i'm gonna show up uh and they're gonna see me this black man who has uh you know defeated the odds and i'm from where they're from right, right. and it's gonna be love and you know, I was gonna be like, oh, I was gonna be like, oh, girl on Freedom Riders, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, you know, everything was gonna go well, right? 
and then that that wasn't what they wanted from me, first of all, right? That wasn't what they wanted or needed. And then also, um, I don't know, I'm just I'm so far away from who I was when I first started teaching and who I thought I was gonna be to these students. And I'm I'm thankful to for the for the the time I spent in the space getting to where where I am now because it's it's grown me so much as as a yeah. person. Um, you know, I I I even though it's impossible to be like the full superhero that they want, right. uh, you know, I'm glad that they even think that I'm capable of putting on the cake. Oh, you know what I mean? Yes, indeed. and so um, you know, I, I take that very serious because it is. It's, it's, you know, it's our fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I take it very serious. I ask them for their input. Input. That's something I didn't necessarily know I needed. Like, I'll ask them for their input to shape and design, um, you know, their classroom, how they learn, what they learn about. Man, I'm I'm way away from that. It's, Can you it's imagine that? Can you imagine yeah. that? I mean, I haven't even asked you, asked you this question, but, I mean, maybe you did have a teacher like that, but did you have a teacher like that that actually... I, Go ahead. I had one. I had one okay. teacher like that, uh, Mr. Kelly. Um, and I just, he, he wasn't like me, right? He didn't have like, you know, this is what, the late 90s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And so he didn't have like some of these capabilities. Like, you know, when they saw me on um, uh, Charlemagne's page and they came the next day and they were like, that's my that's my desk, yeah. you know, uh, I, I couldn't, you know, for them. And that's why I, I like how they're playing with the aesthetic of like the class being what the, the, the books are, because I couldn't imagine being able to see that and um, being able to like be in there because some of them take the photos. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's transformative in a way that I don't even know yet. I think I'll probably be able to see it when I, when I step away from secondary. Uh, to see like what that what that effect was, right. because I try to get them to believe that you can you can create the life you want out of the things that you do for hours when nobody's looking. Mm. Like that's one of the first questions I ask them. You know, because they you know how it is when you're a kid. They'll be like, uh, I ask them where they want to be. They go say lawyer, doctor. Right. Uh, you know the things that we think the teacher want to hear. And then right after that, I ask them, okay, what do you do for hours when no one's looking? Uh, because you can make a career out of that. Like mm-hmm. I used to literally say, all I want to do is get paid a decent amount to read and write, right? Uh, is what I would tell my teachers. And now I've built this thing, you know, that that who knows what a black man reading to be as it continues to grow, but it's mm-hmm. there, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you that's know. where I am in terms of in terms of that space. I couldn't I couldn't see it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, bro. Like, and and I love seeing seeing you. And and then, you know, sort of like holding myself accountable because like I never imagined you in a class, like like you doing what you do in a classroom. I didn't even think was possible in any classroom, not not just where we from, but like anywhere. And um, yeah, yeah. But that but that's the same thing I think we try to do when we do the art. Right. Like you got to you mean you got to hold on to traditions. You got to hold on to the things that got you there. But I think the most meaningful art is like that art that you kind of remember not not having a vision for, you know, like heavy for me was, uh, you know, I don't ever talk about it like this, but heavy for me was, you know, meant a lot to me because I I remember when I couldn't, I didn't even had a will to imagine that book being, you know, yeah. like, I, I, like it was kind of like whispering and I'd be like, man, shut your ass up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, wanna, I ain't going to, man, please. But 
I don't know, fam. So like, yeah, I just think that that's that in, in life. It's like when you can actually manifest that 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 stuff that you sort of were afraid to or just didn't have the tools to envision. Woo. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, man. I I had to uh I'll say this and then, you know, but I think I had to get used to like falling down. You know, mm-hmm. because it, when you're in that space and it hadn't been done yet, right? Because you know it's not. I I I, be, I feel for teachers who are in those spaces where they can't do what I can, right. you know. Um, right. And I, and I don't want to make it seem like you know why don't you just rebel? You know how they, how people yeah. do, no yeah. you, everybody yeah. don't have that space. Right. It's, I understand that I'm in a blessed space to be able to do that uh and still be able to attach it to standards and all the stuff that we have yes. with teachers. Yes. Um, you know, so you know, I but I had to fall down a few times right that's before it. it all lined up. And yes. I think that's what that distance was about. Okay. So I wanna I'm gonna stop doing that because you you know you had my mannerisms down too <laughs> too well I'm trying to get you oh, to do no, it. Bro. <laughs> no, bro. That beat I'm watching too much. That meant I'm watching too much. <laughs> So I want to frame the rest of the conversation kind of within the lens of a definition of revision. And it has two parts. At least that's what uh, God Jr. said on Google. Okay. Um, it said, uh, but so it has two parts and I want to expand it to art, spirituality and the work of living. Yes. And so the first one that I saw was uh, to revise means to reexamine and make alterations uh, to written or printed matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in what way specifically in terms of writing uh, does revision, what, like what space does that hold for you in terms of the writing aspect of changing and making alterations uh, to written and printed matter? And, and specifically, I guess, in terms of reexamining, right? Yeah. Because I know, I know when you were uh, redoing long division, you talked a little bit about some of the language you want right. to change. Um, you know, like the person you are now, kind of like what I said earlier, is different from the person who yeah. wrote that first one. Can you talk about it from that angle? Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, man. Like, you know, um, when I when I was working on that book, I can just I'll be specific and talk about, you know, the, the B word. Like, I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back. For, it's just like I, I never say that word. That word has always felt like it hurt too much to say you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like even when we're back in the day when you were a kid and people use it, it i don't know it just it seemed like it just seemed like a word i didn't want to use you know same with the f word i never used those words but when i was writing that book those characters used those words so i wrote the yeah. words out and um i didn't i didn't think there was anything wrong with that you know what i'm saying like and and in revision i just thought back man i was like you know like i i'm not sure and because i'm not sure I want to err on the side of like not writing those words, like specifically the F word and the B word. So those words and heavy, I, I, I wrote the word, but an audio, like the word is muffled, right? Like the word, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just saying like, so for me, when I first started writing heavy, first started writing long division, I definitely was like, if the characters say a word, you got to write the word out. And then in revision, I just, I just didn't think I needed to think more about what the book was doing in terms of like, the power of the, of that B word specifically and that F word. And so I th- I hope people see not just the dash, dash, dash is like what people call political correctness. And I think people use that shit, don't use it correctly. I hope people see it as like, oh, hmm, I wonder why this word 
is is dot dot dot. And you know, like I use the word nigga like profusely, so I'm gonna use that word. You know what I mean? I, I write about it. The book is about the word in a lot of ways. So that's just an example. You know what I'm saying? But I think also when we start talking about ability, like I think about the way I use the word dumb or the way I use the word stupid. Like no doubt that's ableist, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sure what it means yet. You know what I'm saying? So I kept those words in too because I'm still not sure. So anyway, man, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm letting you really into like the kitchen now. It's just like, you you know, you put a book out, people assume like you've thought through all this shit and it's like solid. Mm-hmm. But like, if you believe in revision, it's always going to be mushy because yeah. you, you know, I mean, there's certain things that are not mushy, but a lot of like the stuff we're talking about, which is on one hand aesthetics, but also I think deeply tied to spirit. I'm just not sure. I don't want to hurt people with my art, but I also want to provoke enough to to possibly change myself and people who read so sometimes it's hard it's like i'm doing this new project like i don't you know we come from a gun culture i have a relationship with guns my family has a relationship with guns we've never used guns or anything good in my family um and so i'm doing this project and they want you know one of the initial scenes to be somebody getting shot and i'm like damn i really don't want to put that in there Mm-hmm. And then there's profit motive too, and I was like, but you know, <laughs> you know, people love guns. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like the yeah. B word, bro. Like, the, and that's the thing about the B word. Like we don't want to, we don't have to talk about this, but people love that word. Like yes. people, that word, that word makes people hype. And mm-hmm. the one way you can get people sometimes, sadly, is by using it. But like, I just don't feel. I can't. That's not. That's that. I know that word is not for me. Um, yeah. That don't mean I'm better than nobody who uses it. It just means like I can't do nothing remotely positive with it. So anyway, bro, that's a long winded answer because I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to mix it up. It's still it's yeah. still right now, you know. It works. It works though. Like because I was wondering too because I saw you, I think I just read this in passing, but you were talking with someone else about revision and you were talking about that 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 work of going back in and looking at like what language is doing in terms of the power it gives up certain words. Some authors just move past that. Right. Right. And you alluded to that, too. Like you may let's say you decided that you had derived a certain power over that language. And so you weren't going to go back. And now you are maybe a worse person on the other end. And so, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yep. I I wonder, um, because, again, there's this distance, this gap in between and and what that does to people, because, of course, um, of course, power is alluring yeah right you know what i mean and i think maybe and you can correct me if i'm wrong but like revisiting that that bushiness and seeing if uh seeing if it needs to be solid Mm. right or it needs Mm. to be something that you attempt to make solid Mm -hmm. if that if that journey is worth it right and so so do you feel like that journey is worth it yeah yeah but that's that's that that's what i feel like that's that life you know, you talked about living work, like, you know, I feel like it is all living work. And I feel like the journey, I mean, all this work, all this work is about the work. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. long divisions, long divisions conceit or whatever. It's just like, it's all work, fam. And like, you know, we, 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 and heavy too. Like I'm always talking about how we want deliverance, like on that scale or like, you know, when I used to run, I wanted the, the time. Or when I used to lift, I was like, yo, I got to get, you know, I want to, I want to get this much on the incline. I want to do this much. And that's, mm-hmm. that's it. You want to, you want to set goals, but it's still just about the work. And yeah. what we do is like, we have to wrap words around that work. 
because a lot of folks are into the work, but they don't want to describe the process. That's cool. It ain't cool for us. We artists, we writers, we got to describe that work. The mushiness is what we do. Like, and so if you avoiding the mushiness and you calling yourself a writer, I'm talking about the mushiness of becoming and the mushiness of supposedly ending. Okay, your writing is going to be whack, fam. And, and you know, it's Miss America. So America likes to purchase whack shit, but you're going to lose when you come up against one of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and you might not lose in terms of, like, you know, commerce and all that. But, mm-hmm. man, writers know, bro. We know, we know. And so the mushiness is where we got to live. And, and that doesn't mean that we can't ever accept, like, solidness if we achieve it. Like, acceptance is part of the work, too. Yeah. But the mushiness, bro, like the in the in betweens, like that's what we're here for. Um, yeah, and, and 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 that's that beautiful art. I mean, that's what Morrison. I think real talk, like I think Morrison made a life of like, like beautifully, like merging like like mushy worlds of of that were becoming and using the traditions, black you know vernacular traditions, um, to kind of guide us through that mushiness. And she's just so genius at it that we, I think we don't see that as what she does, but that's really what she does, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which leads, leads us into our next, uh, I guess, I don't know, segment here. Right. Um, but the second definition of revision uh, reads to reread work done previously to improve one's knowledge of a subject, typically mm-hmm. to prepare for an examination. And I know you're working on, I believe, a foreword or maybe even some forewords um, for some of our black classics, right? And um, specifically Alice Walker's Color yeah. Purple. And and people don't really talk a lot about this, at least I haven't seen it, but like this, they, I've seen people attribute it to me, right? Like this art of like reading as revision, but hell, I got that um, out of reading heavy and you yeah. say... Um, you, I think it was in heavy and I think long division, like you hadn't read anything if you hadn't right. read it twice. Right. And so for you to be, what is it like to revisit those classics and be tasked with like trying to present this new examination um, of a work like the color purple? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I do. what is that I even do. like? Man, that's, <laughs> the, that's the, you know, my, my, one of my friends talks about like, the the fun the fun work of what we do mm-hmm. and you know like you know you talked about sometimes kids would come in there and they want to talk about rap songs hip hop songs and y'all like break them down together Bruh, i like my when i first started teaching i was 26 uh started at Vassar college in my first 3 or 4 years like i was teaching composition fiction lit- literary nonfiction you know stuff about the underground but really i was mm-hmm. doing that i was like I want to revisit stuff that you really loved as young people, be it songs, movies, books. And I want to revisit it and talk about what that revisitation is because I love doing that shit. Like I love mm-hmm. rereading. I remember the first time I reread Invisible Man, like as a writer, that shit blew yeah. my fucking mind, bro. Like I had to tear the, I was on the stair. I was still obsessed. I was on a stair step at one summer, just going ham, just tearing that book apart, sweating all over it. But then I was like, I read this shit like five times, but I never, but now I really understand it. You know, that's what I felt. And so for yeah, me, yeah, yeah. I love going back because you also get to revisit the you. Like I'm revisiting like myself sitting on like, you know, a little nappy ass carpet at my mama house, 
you know, mad at her, my back against the wall. I'm in the back, you know, reading the color purple. She told me I'm supposed to be reading something else. Like when I go back and revisit, I'm revisiting that time just as much as I'm revisiting mm-hmm. that text. So for me, fam, like that's, that's what it is. You know, yeah. I think it's sad that sometimes in our culture, cause it's so fast, we expect people to watch films, read whole novels and then have really cogent discussions about them. But mm-hmm. nobody, when, often we don't say, I only read this shit one time. So I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, but here's what I think. That's what we're supposed to say. Yeah, you know, yeah, because it's like hearing a song. Like I, you know, I heard I the Kanye album the first time, the first first time, and I wanted to get on on uh, Facebook and start talking all this shit about it. But I'm like, I'm gonna start talking all this shit. I just listened to this thing once. You know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, how I, am. I was just thinking, man. We do that with uh, albums so much more than we used to. You know, yeah. like. We get that sucker once then, like, because I used to write uh, for a few hip hop blogs before I like started this, and you give it one spin, and so we used to have like this whole internal behind the scenes of hip hop bloggers where like we don't even want you to talk about it yet unless you didn't gave at least twelve yeah. spins, you know, because you because you because you're gonna do that it come it might drop that Friday and now you dropped your review that Sunday. Right, but you ain't you haven't sat with the work. You don't know how it hit. You know how you used to get up. How does this hit in the car? That's you know it. That's you it. You hadn't even given it that yet. How does this sound on my cousin twelves? That's you it, know, because um, there's some things that Crick got that if you do not give it the the type Bruh. of experience that it needs, yeah. I don't want to hear what you're talking about. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's like Catalactica when it dropped, and and I understand people talk about it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't what he done on mixtapes. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was you know the industry uh, the label had more of a hand in it. And if you ain't listened to that album, fam, and in in, in bumping with a, in a system that's bumping, you ain't yeah. listened to that album yet. Literally, like that that one more than any other because he he's literally telling you, you know, come on this journey with me, get in your own yeah. version of the Cadillac. Let's go. Yeah. And people who yeah, didn't man. do that shit but had all that shit to say. I'm just like, okay, fam, but you didn't follow the rules. You yeah. know? <laughs> You didn't follow the rules, so I don't really give a fuck what you said. You know? Yeah, man. You skipped, you skipped the process, though. Right, right, right. You skipped the process. That's real, so, man, we do that a lot, man. So now let's let's look at a different uh like a, a different examination, I guess. So how does Walker's depiction of God being everything Ooh. and taking delight in us liking the things? Uh, it's created correlate with the necessary revision of our relationship to spirituality mm. as black folk. Okay, I'm not going to answer that question well because it's too good and don't have enough time. <laughs> but the thing about that, that's such a wonderful question because, fam, that book is. I mean, you know, you know, they go from direct addresses to sisters, mm-hmm. to sisters to direct address to God, leading it. To- yeah to direct address to trees, to direct mm-hmm. address to like all of these things that make us that we often are encouraged not to call God yeah. or godly, but like in our daily lives and our familial lives, we know we treat them like God. Like, you know, like I, I, I just know, I, I mean, I, I, I ain't never been to where y'all stay, but I know you got to have a relationship with, with the outside, you know, mm-hmm. that is very much, you know, godly. And 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 so for me, when I re- went back and reread Color Purple this time, thinking about how to introduce it in like 800 words or less, 
that was the part that got me was like, yo, like she was telling us, like, if you don't find no love in what, you know, you can, people call it environmentalism. People call like, you know, we need to talk about like the human now people, you know, post-human, pre-human. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're not directly addressing the trees, the sound, the spittle, you know, the spirit that make us, you ain't yeah. talking, not only are you not t- writing, but you ain't talking to God. That's a lot, fam. Like, that's a lot to say <laughs> in a book that's, that, 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 like, you know, I think people misread often and stuff because mm-hmm. they saw the movie and they think the movie's the book. And, and I thought the movie, you know, I was a young person when that movie came out. And my family thought that movie was incredible. And then you get older and you see, oh, they took out, you know, like, they really scrubbed away, like, the lesbian relationship yeah. and the, like queerness in general and a whole bunch of other stuff so anyway fam like yeah like I, I think that book is is to me like the book i need to go to when i feel most most spiritually like out like out of control or just like mm-hmm. reaching um especially like those last two chapters like it, it it just reminds me that whether i can articulate the godliness that is around me and inside of me it is around me and inside of me and yeah, the work yeah. is to be able to do some shit with it artfully, but it's hard to do that if you don't accept that it's that that God is all up in here and all up around us black folk in the South. Mm-hmm. And if you accept that, fam, like, whew. Yeah, whew. there was, and you know, because I was thinking, uh, I'm finishing it up right now, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I got like these, these set up uh, book lists that I feel like I need to go either back mm-hmm. to or go back with with who I am now. And and just like where it's always interesting in there, like wherever we try to put God, God busted out of, you know. So like you you know, uh, at first of course you try to put God in this building, and even like when me and my students are interrogating it, maybe you put God in the cave, yeah, uh, right. And then you go in the cave, and it's not what you thought was in there, right. Uh-huh. And then now you got to put God on the mountain, you climb the top of the mountain, and it's not what you thought was in there, right. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then now you got to put God in the air and then you got airplanes. Right. But the whole yeah. time you've been traveling through God. Right. In this, wow. in this supposed mighty hunt that you had going on. Like if you, I believe it's Nimrod, one of the first mighty hunters of the Lord. Right. In yeah. the Bible. But you've been traveling through it. Right. And right. I think that's, that's a, that's a conversation and an angle that I want to like take when I, when I talk about my reflections, because, you know, Nettie, is is having issues because they've taken the roof off. Yeah. And they thought that's where God was. Right. You know? And and of course, you know, Seely has those issues of 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 what God looks like and where God should be mm-hmm. and how God is defined by her playing her role. Yeah. And now God, you know, as, as you get to God is broke out of that too. Like you can't contain it in in those in those boxes you try to put it in. And I think like that's the that's the revision of that of that spirituality understanding you've kind of been traveling through it. And you know one thing, oh my goodness, just to, just to tie this uh, to something we talked about in the beginning, is like, you know, man, I you know I grew up in the 80s in Jackson, and I was in high school in the early 90s, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we got, I'm using this word, I don't mean this hyperbolic, I mean literally like, so we were that generation who like, we knew what life was like without hip-hop, and then that shit hit. And yeah, yeah. when it and like when I say we got baptized into it, like that is the only word I can use to describe the way that music encouraged us to talk, walk, feel, think. It was godly. But then the people who would define God for us, our parents, the church, a school, 
they kept telling us that this thing that we felt was somehow godly was like the opposite of godly, mm-hmm. and and they wouldn't deal with it. And and so and so and you're not so we come into them sanctified, right? Like we come into them touched. And they yeah. in classrooms, they like we don't want we we don't have a pedagogy to talk about their hip hop shit. A lot of our parents were like black parents were def- a lot of black parents when I came up was like turn that shit off. What are you listening mm-hmm. to? And you know what I'm saying so like in the churches definitely they didn't see the connection. So I just think even like I found a different kind of godliness in hip hop. So when you talk about you are spending time in your class periods that could be spent talking about other stuff, breaking down hip hop, fam, like. That's amazing. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's all we wanted. That's yeah. all we wanted back in the you know. Take us seriously. Take our stuff seriously. Take our godliness seriously. And and, and we and we were critical. The thing about hip hop is like it is innately critical. Like you yeah. know, like every, even every whack rapper has a song about hip hop, not just about them, but about hip hop. You know, every great rapper has a song about hip hop. So it was it was it was all these things we purport to care about. It was intertextual. It was self referential. You know, it was harking them back to traditions it was talking about a future that we couldn't see yet and and we loved it critically but the people who taught us how to love didn't love it so i just wonder sometimes how much they could love us if they mm. didn't want to love that hip-hop at all bro you know yeah yeah hey that's 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 heavy right there that's, mm. that's it right there okay let's see what i got here <laughs> okay Let's look at uh, revision through the lens of history, right? Um, we mm. know that, I mean, if you if you are going to probably live anywhere in the world, you're going to have to live within the confines of some policies, right? Mm. And I believe yesterday, Texas moved forward with their law regarding abortion. And, you know, I mean, Missis- Mississippi has so many varying policies, um, some some that are like left over from a Mississippi that's hundreds of years in the past. Right. I think we officially uh, abolished slavery what 22,000, you know what I mean? Like the paperwork finally got across uh, the ratification or something like that. Yeah. And you wrote in an essay um, about what's the, oh, what we owe and uh, are owed. Mm-hmm. You wrote that the white family in America appears to have a lineage as well. Uh, the metastasized excused unwellness in white families moneyed and poor is responsible for anti-black terror uh, happening in schools, prisons, hospitals, neighborhoods, and banks. And this is the work of folks who despise revision uh, nearly as much as themselves. And you, you then said like, you can abolish police bullets, missiles, and prisons all we want, right? And some of us truly want to. And most of those American families would do everything possible to make more. And and then, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, you say um, that cleaning up the mess uh, that seep from these families, uh, we've been taught is what folk, black folk in this nation do well. I want to know, is there a possibility for us to revise our relationship to their mess? Right. Do you yeah. feel like do you feel like there's a possibility for us to revise that? Is it even our responsibility, though? Right. And then if not, if it's not our, well, I'll leave it right there. So is there a possibility for us to revise our relationship to that mess? And is it our responsibility? Man, 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 you be doing it, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we can, we can revise ourselves out of our relationship to, to cleaning up their mess. We can. 
But see, the mm-hmm. thing about that piece was like, bro, like it was it was working on like for me, it was I was talking to my boy, but mm-hmm. like we're we're both teachers, you know, and people can call us, you know, people, I don't know about you, people be like, you're a teacher, you know, like you're a professor, you are blah blah blah. I'm just a teacher, my G. Like yeah. and so and so we teachers, and I and the problem with what I'm saying is like I do think we have given ourselves to a calling that demands we be more responsible than other people. Like we have mm-hmm. to, we literally are, are are tasked with cleaning up the mess. That's what teachers do. Like we're responsible, mm-hmm. but at the same time, what I'm trying to say is, man, like as someone who has been teaching for over half of his life, like, you know, including grad school was started at like 23. Yeah, man. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're like these white folks, like they just put too much on us. Like, you know, like I'd be in classes and we'd be, you know, we'd be talking about, let's say we're talking about Octavia Butler and mm-hmm. I can't even get to the material because the two or three white students in class need me to really talk to them about how they should feel as white people. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like in a class where we're trying to center something else, sometimes you can, you you know, you can do that pedagogical work of like, okay, now I'm going to put the white whiteness in the center and we're going to talk all about it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying we do that at the expense of so many other things, queerness, gender, power, economic mobility, art, the aesthetic. And so I'm just saying like, yeah, I don't want to be, I mean, I just think, you know, man, talking to these motherfuckers about <laughs> shit that they should have worked on themselves we we can we do it that's part of our job but like what what other parts of our jobs don't we do well if we if we have to continually do that yeah and, yeah and the problem is i have to do that when i teach in my school in my classroom to my colleagues to my administrators to my mm-hmm. trustees it don't you know what i mean it's not so like when i when i was a teacher at in my first job like i'm having to teach all of these different levels of people when they should have all already had that education and then they don't even value the education that I'm giving. And I'm not just saying, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just saying me, I'm just saying it's all of us who do this work. I'm using myself as an example. Cause that's, that was my experience. So that's what I think, bro. That's the, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So then, let me ask this. Uh, this will be like the, the, the second half of that. Uh, Cause I feel like belief plays a role in your writing. And like I said earlier, I'm reading the, color purple and you know i like the tab one of my tabs is uh when Nettie says that unbelief is a terrible thing mm. and so it and so is the hurt we cause others unknowingly and i say that to ask uh because i i one of my uh i guess touchstones that i always kind of go back when i want to know if i do still believe in this idea is like when baldwin was talking about um he reserves the right to critique america uh, because of his love for America, right? right. It, should we should we try to maintain that belief um, in the myth uh, or the or this idea of what America can be, uh, or or is that dangerous? Right, like the second half of what Nettie was saying. Yeah, man. I mean, that Baldwin is is. I mean, we got to talk about that because the thing about beautiful writing is that like it, it can seduce you, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can be seduced by it. Like that's what art does. And, and that quote, you know, I love America more than any other country in the world. Therefore I insist on the right to perpetually criticize her. Mm-hmm. I, I remember like, you know, repeating that shit like a mantra. Yeah, And then yeah. it wasn't until like, a, like actually over the fucking pandemic when I was like, 
wait a minute. I like what Baldwin is actually saying, and we got to remember Baldwin is mad young. He's like 29 or 30 mm-hmm. when he writes that, right? Mm-hmm. This notion that you have to be patriotic to America before you rightfully criticize her. Damn, that's bullshit, right? Like that yeah, yeah, yeah. thing about that shit, that that'll that's some bullshit. Like, no, I'm not I I I reserve the right to criticize this place because of what the fuck it has done to my grandmama and my mama mm-hmm. and all that. And yes, the work that they did built it. But I can criticize this country for what it did to its best creations. Like, you know, my grandmama is an amazing human being. You know, she'll cut you, but she amazing, yeah. fam. And so, so, so I don't think we we have to be patriotic in order to criticize something. Like the, we got to think about the inverse. If you want p- patriotism, stop making people suffer undirect. You know, like c- directly suffer. Like yeah. you don't get my patriotism and then treat me like shit. And then the people who call themselves patriots have never shown that they care about the earth, the water, the people, the children, the education, the art of the. So like you ain't a patriot, fam. So I'm not so like, you know, and Bowen, people don't talk about this part. He came around by the end of his life. He ain't saying, mm-hmm. it. you know, what I'm saying? Yeah. and if it's yeah, like yeah. he, he calling, he calling all of his friends. He's like, you know, it's one, one, one essay. You know, he pretty much is like, I'm sorry, ass scoundrels. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe I, I, I let them rock me to sleep with this shit. Like, that's literally what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's right either. But I do believe, to go back to what, you know, Nettie is saying, I do believe the belief is foundational for something. I'm not going to be like, I'm not trying to push Christianity or push Islam or push any of that or, or, or push Judaism. But but like, if you don't have a, like, I believe in my grandma, like I believe mm-hmm. in her and that generation of people. That means I also have to have some belief into what, she, in the person, she, the character she calls Jesus Christ. And like, like they use Jesus Christ to like meet and have foundational like conversations and, mm-hmm. and and reckonings around. So Jesus Christ inspires me, but not nearly as much as my grandma. Yeah. But nobody inspires my grandma as much as Jesus Christ. And I'm just saying, like, when we talk about belief, we can get more complicated than, like, do you believe or don't you? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, mm-hmm. I wholly believe, and I wholly believe in the traditions that made us, and I'm wholly critical of them because I believe in them. But I think my my grandma as a character means more to me than Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was a dope ass character. So yeah. that's what I feel, you know. Yeah, yeah. It made me uh, because and you touched on this. That's why I said I wonder when I was reading it because I, I read it. I think the last, and I was like, okay, because I, I feel like unbelief. So unbelief is a terrible thing, right? But then, and then, and so is the hurt we cause others unknowingly, like, had me thinking about, like, I don't think people are really talking about this, but, like, a lot of kids don't want to stand for the pledge, right? And so, ultimately, you think about selling them on this idea of, okay, it's not necessarily um, perfect, right? But it's the belief in this idea of what America could be. It might be the reason that you should stand, right? But then that, that, that insistence on that type of patriotism is dangerous, Right? And even more so dangerous in in this place. How are you gonna tell them that when this is something they feel innately is, is, is wrong, right? Yeah. They don't even have the words, right? A lot of them don't even have the words to say why they don't want. They feel like it's innately, uh, you know, wrong for them in this setting. Yes. And, and and if you look through education long enough, you'll see why. 
right? Yeah. That's, when you used to have those citizenship classes, you know, that that's a level of uh, inoculation that we don't, we just aren't talking about, right? right? And, and that's one thing this generation does well, is they'll poke a hole in something. And I think for me, one of the most important reasons I'm here is to give them the language to say why they're poking. Yes, that's it. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, across that, the board, from yeah. I'm talking about from from preschool, head start, whatever, all the way to like graduate degrees. What you said, that to me is the word. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and the thing is like, you know, when you get more language and you be, and you can use the language to port, poke more holes, then I think it becomes even more like like specific and integral that you ask yourself like why like why yeah. you know what I mean because you know we we know some words now that can make us appear to be doing the work even though we ain't doing the work so yes fam like that is it poke them holes but like let's talk about why and how and what happens after the hole is poked like we got that's that's it that's that's it yeah so I guess let me let this be I got maybe two so I'll let this be the the second to last but. So what role, we, we already kind of hidden on it, but what role does writing play in that? Because I remember one time, like, observing you kind of, I don't think you put it in an essay, you just kind of like, you know, talking out loud. Um, but, like, what's the point in witnessing evil? Mm. Um, was was the, the words you were, mm. were referencing? And I think that's a, that's a tough space to be in as a writer. Yeah. And so is that the primary role, to be a witness, Right. Uh, or can we still hope to shape minds through writing? Yeah, I think I think we I think we have to hope to shape minds first of all ours through writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the first tool. I think I just think we can't forget that that like we you know we're doing all this to connect to breeders and to connect to a past and connect to a future. But all a lot of this stuff is about how to keep ourselves whole in a, in a place that is trying to rip us apart. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what we do. But I was just having questions, fam. Like, I was just thinking yeah. about, like, you know, like if I spent my entire life just describing the shit Black people go through, white people would make me super rich just mm-hmm. describing that shit. And yeah. then, and then, but sort of, I was just in this place where I'm just like, well, one, I just think, man, why does so much quote unquote progress happen at the expense of Black death? in peril and then i was thinking about like as writers like what do we do when there's an enticement to just simply describe the mm-hmm. death in front of us and i'm not talking about that trauma porn shit that people quote unquote trauma porn because i think that's like a trap people are using to make black people not <laughs> like yeah, right yeah. blackness but mm-hmm. but i do think that like we need to ask ourselves sometimes why there's such a currency or there was or maybe i don't know maybe still is like a, a market for like like abject descriptions of our experience. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, I think we need those descriptions. I just mm-hmm. think we also need the beautiful descriptions and the comical descriptions next to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I thought, I, I and that's why I said, like, I, you know, I know you probably, sometimes you just be like, dang. You know, like, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I was like, you know, I think you were just thinking out loud, like, like, yo, like, oh, right? Yeah. yeah and, 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 and and we all need that space to just be like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I guess we'll end here. I know you're, of course, working on something right now. I don't know how much you can talk about, uh, but maybe from a, a, a 
you know, revisionist crafting perspective. Uh, if any of them are done already, or any of these projects that you're working on, how much distance have you traveled between the version of yourself at the beginning uh, and the version of yourself that sits here right now in terms of those projects? I, uh, I mean, the one I want to talk about, I, I ain't got no distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was working mm-hmm. on that when I got your message to, that, that we, wow. were to, we were doing this today instead of yesterday. And I got no distance, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like part of it. Part of me thinks it's a horror. Part of me thinks it's like pure comedy. Um, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm in there. The other one, you know, I'm doing this kids, this like picture book that I mm-hmm. that I wrote during the pandemic. Um, and I'm just a different person than when this when the pandemic started. So that's why that's a great question. It's like, uh, and so I just keep thinking about what my responsibility is as a writer because I wrote this piece for the New York Times and they're making and we're making it into a picture book. But in the mm-hmm. Times I had more space to do more with the language. Yeah. You know, it's picture book like so the language has to sort of be, you know, kind of aimed at a young reader. But mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that I don't take out something that's central in that piece, which is like the way these young boys are still encouraged to be really, you know, hurtful to this black girl at school. But then I think the artist trying to be like, well, we don't know if that'll fit in this kind of medium. And when I first signed the contract, I was like, okay. But now after I've had more time, I'm thinking, yo, I got to go back and find a way to get that in there without losing the lyricism. So, you know, that's just an example, bro. Like, you know, like usually like my space and time makes me be very like regretful or like just wondering if what I'm doing is wrong. And I think that's that's something I need to talk to a, a shrink about, but I'm always like, man, I, I didn't do that. I didn't not that I didn't do it right, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it in a way that's I did. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, I'm always like, fuck, that's gonna hurt somebody, and then I just yeah. want to sometimes not hurt hurt people. So absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for this, man. You you don't you the you the one, bro. Like we need to get you. We need to get you. <laughs> I want to buy in right now, fam. I want to buy it <laughs> the Achilles show right now. So five years from now, motherfucker, I could be like, yeah, I bought in early. I bought in early. You do this, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Hey, man, I, I try to, like I said, you know, like I tell these kids, man, this is what I was doing. Like, you, it, it, it's so great. Uh, people make jokes about it, but like to be in your shadow, because I'll hear you say something that I'm doing right now. You know, like when you were like, I'm sitting somewhere ripping these books apart. Like, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing now. Right. Wow. And I can say you, you said you started teaching at 26. I started at 25. Like, you know, yeah. that the, and, right. and like to, to, to be uh, in that shadow and the shadows of all y'all. It's just wonderful, but I be trying to like give not only whoever's listening uh, like a, a breath of fresh air, but y'all, you know, yeah. like I, I'll notice as I'm doing a reconnaissance that you know you, you're hearing some of the same stuff. So I want to um, come at come at it from different angles, and it's fun. It's, just, it's, it's so it's fun. fun to me. <laughs> Bro, let me let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you, and then we can get off. So in this Pete, and this thing I'm writing, I'm writing about uh, my grandmother's hu- last husband who died um, mm. like a year or two ago, and he was like, you know, high high level Mason, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. that's something we ain't talked about because like part of me, <laughs> I was like, yo, what's that? We we need to talk about the illumination at some point, but then I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, I don't know if we can do that in public, but bro, like this dude, man, he was, I mean, he was always teaching, but that was all he would teach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he he only taught that. 
and he was like a master at it. But like life, anything else, man, it was just like complete failure. But like the teachings of that stuff, bro, mm-hmm. he was, he was, he was, he was the one. He was, he was the one. Hey, whenever you got, you want to holler at me because I'm, uh, even in that, I'm real skilled in in uh, managing what I can and can't. Yes. Uh, but- you know, I did that really young too. I did that at 18. Wow, I'm gonna say. Um, hey. I did that really young. And I'm glad I did. Cause you know, if you look through anybody's family, especially in Mississippi, you'll see, you know, we yeah. watched them bury our folk. Um, and you know, my granddad was one and he passed like a few years afterwards, and I got a chance to talk to him on that level. Um, but yeah, people that's a that's funny you mentioned that people see, they'll see it and they'll say something about it uh later on. But yeah. It's, I think that's a function of um, that's a function of a facet of, of black Southern male life. Yeah. People haven't explored enough. Um, not at all. Not at all. Some stories like it's they got some stories because that's what I like to do. Sit around old folk. Yes. Um, me too. Me too. Man, they got some stories and some stuff they did in order to make some stuff float and, and exist. And for us to be in this space that they have they're not writing about and it's dying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Is, and that's why I'm glad yeah. I did it while I was young because it's dying because they're not they're not it's not reported. Right. Um, right. Yeah, man. You know, whenever you want to holler, holler, yeah, we need to <laughs> because because it's taking on a different life now. You know, people people literally yeah, it's taking on a different life, and so yeah, we should we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always, man. Well, thank you for this, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And uh, I don't know if she's gonna pop back on, but. Uh, thank you to the Mississippi Book Festival for putting it all together and uh, linking us up. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I always tell people Mississippi Book Festival is the best book festival on earth. I mean, and not just because I'm from Mississippi; it's just dope. And let's let's all send our our our, our hopes and organize appropriately to make sure we can be in uh, person next year. So thank y'all, thank y'all for this. Right on Mississippi is produced in partnership with Mississippi Public Broadcasting for the Mississippi Book Festival, the South's literary lawn party.